Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to what is a Tuesday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all of our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming on YouTube. 855-212-4CBS is number to jump on in, 855-212-4227. You could always interact with me on the good old cesspool of Twitter or on Instagram, where I'm always straight flexing at Zach Gelb, that's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. We're rocking and rolling all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be joined by great college basketball insider John Rothstein at 4.20 p.m. Eastern, 1.20 p.m. Pacific. And then the final hour of the show at 5.20 p.m. Eastern, 2.20 p.m. Pacific from the 8-1 and Philadelphia Eagles going into Their bye week, the Pro Bowler and James Bradbury defensive back will stop by. Got Moist Mike and also Stuart Kovacs jamming out with me. And let's get to the football game from last night. And unfortunately, I was in attendance for that. You know, I always love going to a football game, even though I didn't have a ton of time to tailgate beforehand because I was doing the show until 6 yesterday. But I got to the stadium at about like 7, 7.15 or so and had about like 30, 35 minutes of tailgate, got some sandwiches, got some wings. Uh, they had some pierogies as well in this tailgate that I stopped by and had a few uh, sips of alcohol, uh, to say the least, because you probably needed it going into that game last night. Because when you watch those two teams, the Jets and the Chargers, you just have to say to yourself, where are these teams going And these teams, you didn't walk away from the game with either team feeling great. Like, sure, you're a Chargers fan. You needed the win. You got the win. Now you guys are 4-4. and But no one after that game last night should say, wow, I'm really scared of the Los Angeles Chargers, and I expect the Chargers to go to the playoffs. Like, I don't get how you would formulate those words unless you are that crazy gal who is the big-time Chargers fan that went viral a few weeks ago when she was at SoFi Stadium and they were uh, showing her on the screen screen just screaming her you-know-what off, going wild when the Chargers were about to lose to the Dallas Cowboys. There is no way to feel confident about this Chargers team. And the shame with the Chargers, and there's a few teams like this in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys are two of the other teams, and it's in different levels and different degrees, but they all have the looks going into a season of a team that at one point in the offseason, you say, wow, Dallas with their loaded roster, they could be dangerous or, oh, wow, Buffalo, they could be a Super Bowl contender. Look at the Chargers. Just only if Brandon Staley can coach, they are loaded with talent. And all three of those teams through the first nine weeks of the season, I can't tell you that I'm confident with them. 
The Cowboys, I'm confident that they'll make the playoffs, but I can guarantee you that they're going to be going home early in the playoffs, and their ceiling is probably the divisional round because you have a very good defense in the Dallas Cowboys. You have an offense that even when Dak Prescott plays well like he did up against the Eagles on Sunday, that was an offense that with the game on the line, you had two opportunities to go win it. You couldn't put the ball in the end zone. I don't want to sound like a broken record from yesterday, but they were on the six-yard line with 27 seconds to go, and their final snap was taken from the 27-yard line in Philadelphia territory. So you go from the Eagles 6 to the Eagles 27. That's almost impossible to do. So I don't feel good about Dallas. I look at the Bills. I was maybe thinking before the season, and I did not believe that the Bills were going to go to the Super Bowl this year, but we were going to learn a lot about the Buffalo Bills, and maybe it would be more encouraging than what people thought because two years ago, everyone was in on the Buffalo Bills. You couldn't find two seasons ago an analyst or a pundit that was not picking the Buffalo Bills to go to the playoffs and to win the Super Bowl. You just couldn't find it. Every single person not only had them in the playoffs, but they had them in the Super Bowl and hoisting the Lombardi Trophy for the first ever time. And then last year they regressed, and everyone jumped off the bandwagon of the Buffalo Bills heading into this season. And through the first nine weeks, you've seen more bad than good with the Buffalo Bills. And there's nothing inspiring with them that would suggest outside of the names on their roster and what you were latching onto from a few years ago that they're going to be in Las Vegas playing in the Super Bowl. So how you look at the Cowboys, how you look at the Bills is also similarly to how we look at the Chargers, where I understand there weren't Super Bowl expectations heading into this season for the Los Angeles Chargers, but you paid your quarterback a King's ransom. I know Mike Williams is out for the year, but you have Keenan Allen, who that was the best part of the game. He made a sick one-handed catch. You got Quinnen Johnston, who they're still trying to figure out, but he's a good wide receiver coming out of TCU. You have Austin Eckler, who's now back and healthy. You have a good enough offensive line. And defensively, I know your defense isn't playing up to the level that they should, and I can't really praise the defense last night because we'll get to the Jets in just a second. Their offense is a disgrace. And their offense is just marinated in incompetence. And there's a lot of problems, as everybody knows, on the Jets' offensive side of the ball. But yeah, sure, like Bosa was awesome. Khalil Mack was awesome in the game last night. Derwin James set the tone with a big hit. But the Chargers' defense statistically has not been good this year. So what, I now need to get all energetic and all exuberant and try to paint a picture after one game and tell you, oh, wow, this defense is coming. Oh, wow, this defense is going to be great. Heck, if the defense couldn't look like the 85 Bears last night against the stinking Jets, they never would look like a resemblance of a good defense. So the Chargers, I walk away from that game as someone that was neutral. I went into that building, Chargers, Jets, I don't care who won. I didn't make a bet on who was going to win. All I had was Austin Eckler anytime touchdown and Brees Hall anytime touchdown. And walking away from that game last night, yes, of course, the Chargers played a well-rounded game. You got the punt return. Defensively, they were really damn good. And then offensively, they just didn't make mistakes. But I didn't walk away from that stadium and MetLife Stadium in the Swamps of Jersey last night inspired. Like, look at the Bengals, for example. 
the Bengals got off to a slow start. And now, through nine weeks of the season, even though their record isn't what it should be, and it's not indicating of a great football team, there's a feeling now around the Bengals that they're going to soar in the second half of the season and they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. So you could stumble, you could stub your toe out of the gate and still rectify it and present hope for the rest of the season. But the Chargers, even if they get into the playoffs, I can't tell you I trust this team because they're a team that it's clear their ceiling probably for this year would just be getting that final wild card spot. And if that's the case, this team didn't improve this year. This team regressed because where they were a year ago was they were a playoff team who had a big lead at halftime against the Jaguars. And I know they lost in the wild card round, but if they just get back there this year, that's not an accomplishment. It's expected that they should be in the playoffs, but it's not an accomplishment to make the playoffs. If you understand what I'm saying, this Chargers team They need to take a step forward. And I just don't see, and I don't think it's likely that they're going to take a step forward. And that would not only be making the playoffs once again, but winning a playoff game. I don't see how anyone in America right now, unless you are a Chargers fan, could feel confident with this team. And it's a shame because this is an easy team to root for. They have a ton of likable players. But I look around the AFC right now, I'll tell you this. The Chiefs, we all know, are a playoff team. The Bengals are a playoff team. The Ravens are a playoff team. The Jaguars are a playoff team. The Dolphins are a playoff team. That's five right there. And then you look at the next grouping, Bills, Steelers, Browns, Texans, and then the Chargers. So if I'm accurate in terms of the Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens, Jaguars, Dolphins making the playoffs, you got two spots. Just answer this question for me. If I give you the teams, Bills, Steelers, Browns, Texans, Chargers, you pick two. Does the immediate reaction suggest that you're picking the Chargers? Mine would it. Even though I'll hold my nose with the way the Bills are playing right now, the Bills will be in there. And I'll trust the defenses of the Steelers and the Browns more than I would than the Chargers. And the Steelers and Browns have great defenses. Offensively, we don't know what we're going to expect. But for the Chargers, this quote-unquote great offense, I know the Jets are a really good defense, basically did nothing in the game last night. And I just think there's something missing with the Chargers. Where, yes, you could argue, well, Zach, there's something missing with the Steelers and the Browns and it's an offense, but you know their defense is good enough where they're going to be a tough team where they could carry you to the playoffs. But when I see the Chargers, they have all the looks of a playoff team But when you watch them, you go, this team should just be so much better. And the Chargers be making an enormous mistake with one year remaining on that contract. Even if, and I'll be positive here for a second. I'll even present this scenario where I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But let's just say they do make the playoffs. If you don't win a playoff game, and even if you do win a playoff game, and we've seen coaches get fired before after winning a playoff game, right? Remember Milwaukee with Tennessee, he got fired. After winning a playoff game in Kansas City, next week loses, and they end up bringing in Mike Vrabel. So I just can't present a scenario right now that's realistic where I entertain bringing back Brandon Staley. And I really do believe the thing that's missing with this team is a belief in their coach. Because some of these players, and a, a few of them have got honest the last few weeks, 
or have dropped hints where there's a lack of confidence with their head coach, but you don't need them to say it. Like, we're not dummies. You know that Brandon Staley isn't that dude. And when I look at that roster and I see the way that that team's assembled and I see where this team is playing on the field and how it's not close to the level that they should be at, even in a win, that just suggests to me and provides more evidence of this feeling that Brandon Staley should not be the coach of this team. Now, on the flip side, let's get to the Jets. I look at the Jets' offense. We know they have a really good defense. But a really good defense is only going to take you so far when your offense is literally maybe the worst offense I've ever seen or one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. The Jets' offense is offensive. But when you look at the offense for the Jets, their offensive line stinks. They got spun around last night like a turnstile in Penn Station. The quarterback is inept, and I don't want to pile on anymore with the quarterback because he stinks and everybody knows it. Receivers and tight ends dropping balls last night, even when they were placed perfectly. And Nathaniel Hackett continues to display recently that without Aaron Rodgers, this guy just doesn't have a damn clue. With all that being said, though, the guy that I blame the most this year for the Jets' offensive problems is the general manager, Joe Douglas. Because Joe Douglas did not do something at the deadline and did not go out there and grab a quarterback. Josh Dobbs got traded. Jacoby Brissett's not starting games right now for the Commanders. Jameis Winston's not starting games right now for the New Orleans Saints. Why didn't you give up a fourth, the fifth, the sixth, a seventh, whatever it would take to go get one of those three guys? Because even though none of those three guys are great, they are 10 times better than Zach Wilson. Because it's two things with Zach Wilson. One, the line stinks and he gets sacked. Or two, even when the line holds up, His vision and awareness is so bad, and it's almost as if he's afraid that he just falls right into the defensive lineman. And Zach Wilson, for the second year in a row, is going to derail the Jets' season. Because, yes, unfortunate Rodgers goes down. I know Rodgers, after the game, is talking to Derwin James and saying, oh, I'll be back in a few weeks. It's crazy how far he's walking without the crutches and all that, but I'll believe that when I see it. I know he was before the game launching footballs on the field. But... I don't think it's worth it to play Rodgers this year because the Jets, when he's eligible to maybe, maybe return in a few weeks, they're going to have a few more losses on their resume. And behind this offensive line, do you want to risk next season putting Aaron Rodgers out there where even if he's cleared to play, you know he's not going to be 100% with how quickly he is removed from this Achilles injury. So the Jets at the deadline, they had multiple times They didn't just double down on Zach Wilson. They tripled and quadrupled down on him. They had him on the roster before the start of the season. You could have improved in the offseason, the backup quarterback position, when you got Aaron Rodgers. Then once when Rodgers goes down four plays into the season, you don't bring anybody in. And then at the deadline, you had an opportunity. Vikings went out there. They traded for Josh Dobbs. Brissett available. Winston available. And Joe Douglas did nothing. And that's inconceivable to me. Why, with a defense that's good enough to make the playoffs, why you wouldn't at least give them a chance to try to build some more confidence next year when Rodgers returns and everyone is going to have serious sky-high expectations for this team. Because if you watch football and you take your bias out of it, I think we could all admit if Rodgers is on the field for the Jets this year, they're one of the better teams in the NFL. And I say that as a Patriot fan. 
because that's how good that Jets defense is. And Garrett Wilson would have like, what, 16, 1,700 yards receiving this year if Rodgers was his quarterback. And Brees Hall, who's really good, he would benefit it from as well. But it's a joke that the Jets didn't address the quarterback position at the trade deadline. And that's on Joe Douglas. Because look at all the, the crappy quarterbacks around the league. Josh Dobbs just got to win. Aiden O'Connell just got to win. Heck, Tyson Bajan threw a few touchdown passes last week. There are a lot of guys out there that you're like, huh? Who? This guy's in the league? And those guys are having some success. And I'm not I'm not telling you if they made a move for a quarterback, they would be this dominant team, but they would have a chance. And everybody knows it that was in that stadium last night. Even if you didn't say it out loud, as long as that kid, Zach Wilson, is the quarterback, you have zero chance to contend for the playoffs this year. It is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. When we come on back, we'll go to college football and we'll get into all the details with the latest surrounding the Michigan Wolverines. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All righty, let's get to the latest with the Michigan Wolverines scandal. It is the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. So Brett McMurphy had this yesterday. Michigan has received notice from the Big Ten indicating specific sign-stealing allegations, but it does not indicate what penalties would be administered. UM sources told Action Network HQ that UM has until Wednesday to respond to the Big Ten uh, source said. The Big Ten's pursuit of penalties against Michigan and or Jim Harbaugh is viewed as a PR stunt in response to public pressure and in light of the conference's lack of action up to this point. A source said UM will legally fight any disciplinary action, which potentially would block any suspension from occurring this season, a source said. So in terms of football, This is what I care about this season. How does it impact the Michigan Wolverines? Everyone can have their opinion, and I don't think people are willing to meet in the middle. It's either you're extreme one way, where you believe Michigan should be punished and punished to the extreme, or it's you think that Michigan has done nothing wrong. As I have said for a while now, Michigan did something wrong, but... Do I believe it's the end of the world and you need to drop the hammer on Michigan? Absolutely not. And anyone indicating or suggesting 
that Michigan should not be allowed to play in the college football playoff this year, or they shouldn't be allowed in the Big Ten championship game, that is absolutely ridiculous. Because the NCAA and the Big Ten, it would be unprecedented. Wherever it comes from, in this case, it looks like it would be from the Big Ten. These investigations take forever. And a lot of times we joke, oh, why don't they expedite the process? It's pretty obvious what happened here. But with how long these investigations usually take to be able to quickly investigate and then say to Michigan, all right, we're going to suspend your coach, Jim Harbaugh, and we may be make you ineligible for the Big Ten Championship, that would just be extreme, it would be harsh, and it would be done way too soon. I'm not denying that there needs to be some punishment for Michigan. Michigan did something wrong. But it's not to an infraction where I think you need to throw the book at them. Now, here's what I do believe will happen, and it's similar to what Brett McMurphy just said. I do believe Tony Petiti, who's a new Big Ten commissioner, will try to make a statement, will try to show who's boss, will try to basically appease the other conference members, and they will dress this up as if they're doing something, but it will be punted down the road. Because we all know what's going to happen. At some point this week or next week, Petiti's office will come out with the statement, we're appalled what Michigan is accused of, blah, blah, blah. We found X, Y, and Z, and we're going to suspend Jim Harbaugh for X amount of games. I do not believe that the Big Ten will take Michigan out of being eligible for the Big Ten championship game. Because that would hurt the conference, because the conference knows down deep that their best chance to get into the college football playoff this year and to win the college football playoff is with Michigan. Michigan and Ohio State are the two best teams of the Big Ten. Michigan's better than Ohio State, and they'll show you that coming up on Thanksgiving weekend. But I don't believe the commissioner, even though he's trying to appease and dress up that he's being serious here to the other Big Ten commission, uh, to the Big Ten teams, will drop the hammer of they're ineligible for the Big Ten championship game. So probably will be a suspension of Harbaugh. And then Harbaugh will appeal or Harbaugh will uh, go get an injunction. And most likely this gets punted once he gets that stay and is granted that stay until next year with the litigious situation. And probably Harbaugh will go back to the NFL. That's what I think is going to happen. But the other information that is derived here is there was a long associated press report yesterday. And I'll read you a little bit of it right now. A former employee at a Big Ten football program said Monday it was his job to steal signs and he was given details from multiple conference schools before his team played Michigan to compile a spreadsheet of play calling signals used by the Wolverines last year. The employee said he shared with Michigan the documents which showed the Wolverine signs and corresponding plays after his school faced the Jim Harbaugh-led program in 2022. The person also passed along screenshots of text message exchange with staffers from a handful of Big Ten football teams with Michigan, giving the program proof that other conference teams were colluding to steal signs from the Wolverines. He said he gave the additional details to Michigan last week because he hoped it would help Harbaugh's embattled program, adding he believed the head coach and his assistants are being unfairly blamed for the actions of a rogue staffer. Two things here. Let's start with that last sentence. If you just believe that Connor Stallings is operating on his own, 
the entire time. Yeah, I have a bridge to sell for you too. So let's pipe down on the rogue staffer stuff. But the other part here, that other Big Ten schools were colluding together to get the Michigan signs and to send them to other Michigan opponents, that is fascinating. Because behind the scenes, you have those same Big Ten schools bitching and complaining to Tony Petiti, saying, we need action done right now. And here you are having Michigan signs. Now, we all know sign stealing isn't illegal. It's part of the game. It's gamesmanship. It's how you get those signs. So I think the fair question here is, did any of those schools that got Michigan signs, did they do so illegally, whether it was scouting Michigan games and going to their stadium like Connor Stallions did and recording it with devices? And to that, I don't have the answer. All I could share, though, (laughs) and how about this juicy report coming from John U. Bacon, who wrote a book about Michigan and wrote um, a book about Harbaugh and had exclusive access. So you got to take it with a grain of salt, but John is as plugged in as anybody. He just tweeted out a few moments ago, Big Ten's Tony Petiti was informed today that the two programs which fed Purdue Michigan signals before the 2022 Big Ten title game were? You want to take a guess here, guys? Who do you think the two programs were? One is obvious, the other is not. Let's go Rutgers and uh, Minnesota. Oh, you're right on Rutgers. Wow, I was just joking about that. Yeah, I I know you had that with the smart. likely teams I could think of. Rutgers was one of the team. The other one's a layup, guys. Ohio State. Yep. And Ryan Day. According to John U. Bacon... Prior to the 2022 Big Ten title game, Rutgers and Ohio State were feeding Purdue signals before the game. And he does add in this, and this is important, not clear if rules were broken, doesn't directly affect UM situation, but raises uh, questions regarding relative competitive advantage. And that's what a big stance has been for many people throughout this. Like you hear Coach Prime speak about this. Everyone does this. Like, everyone has signs. Sign stealing is a part of the game. You still got to stop it. But now the question becomes, how did they obtain those signs? Because if Ohio State and Rutgers were dumb enough to do what Michigan did, because, right, Sam, don't you think it's fair that Ohio State, Rutgers, they got wind of this. You saw the Shiano clip at halftime of the Michigan game, you know Ohio State had some involvement of this into some capacity. We'll get into that story in just a bit. But if they got wind that Michigan was doing this, and then their response was, let's go collude together. And right, Chiano used to work for Ohio State too, so there's a connection there. Let's collude together to get Michigan signs. How dumb would Ohio State and Rutgers be if, and we don't know if they are, and I have no evidence that they are, that they were maybe illegally recording those signs as well. It would be, man, we created a big stink, but we were doing the same thing, and it wouldn't be the complete, like, craziest thing in college football because how many times do these stupid programs think they could sweep everything under the rug and the truth would never come out about them? And the reality is... If Michigan, like, listen, we've discussed this. Yeah. The way they went about doing it is the bigger issue. That's the infraction. But when all of the other Big Ten schools are colluding against Michigan, 
Whether they're doing it legally or not, they're sharing spreadsheets and text messages and talking to Purdue in the Big Ten championship game, going out of the conference and telling TCU what Michigan is doing in the college football playoff. Well, for Ohio State, there may be an advantage there. Because if you tell TCU what Michigan's doing, remember Ohio State was in the playoff last year against Georgia, almost beat them. Uh, You know Ohio State, they would not want to play Michigan with what has happened the last two years in that national championship game. So there was incentive there for Ryan Day and Ohio State, if these reports are true. So so for me, while I see Michigan is doing something wrong, going past a gray area, mm-hmm. what I see these other Big Ten schools doing is almost as bad, if not worse. Colluding Ooh. against one, teaming up, 11 against one, And you've been very one. anti-Michigan, to be clear, from this whole start. Say it again? You've been very anti-Michigan. Not, well, not, I, I love Harbaugh. Not anti-Michigan. I just I think that this has been not blown up out of proportion. I feel like this has been a big deal. What I mean by that is I'm not saying you have a hatred for Michigan and you're standing here saying screw Michigan, bleep blue, all that stuff. You no. have just, in terms of what you think is right here, have been critical of Michigan very. and thinking there should be a big penalty. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just as critical of all the other Big Ten schools. The difference is... If Harbaugh is doing this, yes, he's gaining a competitive advantage, and yes, he's doing something kind of untoward in order to get this advantage. But if Ohio State is legitimately being the narc, if they're being the tattletale, (laughs) if they're going out there and telling Purdue and all the other schools and hiring investigators and Ryan Day is telling TCU because they're afraid of big, bad Michigan in the college football playoff or if they just want to hurt their rival, the amount of respect that I have lost for Ryan Day and the Ohio State program, and for the most part, the re- the remainder of all those Big Ten schools cannot be counted. I think that Jim Harbaugh cheated. I still have respect for Jim Harbaugh. I still like Jim Harbaugh. I still okay. respect that program, even though they probably cheated. I have no respect for Ryan Day, Ohio State, and some of those other Big Ten schools if all of these reports and all of these details are true. No respect for a guy who who has to demean his opponent in order to try to make himself look better, who has to bring down his rival in order to make himself feel maybe a little bit more secure. He's pathetic. He's a loser. He's scared of Michigan. Ryan Day is the biggest loser in the Big Ten. If any of this stuff is true, if Ryan Day was behind this, he is a loser, he is pathetic, and he is scared. And I I will never respect him or Ohio State again until they prove that they can do something against Michigan, against Jim Harbaugh, or against anybody else without being these whiny little you know, know-it-alls. Oh, I, th- I thought Santa was about to curse right there. <laughs> I, I was my about to, on to stop button. myself. All I am I furious. Say, I, I am like, uh All I will say is welcome. Welcome, Santa. Welcome to the Gelb side here. And this is why Tony Petiti would be the biggest moron in America and just would not get what we want to see As college football fans, the allegations are the allegations. We know everyone does sign stealing. It's about how you obtain the signs. I understand the crux of the issue here. But Tony Petiti, don't try to suck up to the other Big Ten schools. You do nothing here. And you make sure everyone's at even strength, even strength this weekend for Penn State and Michigan. And then more importantly, in a few weekends, Thanksgiving weekend, Ohio State and Michigan, because everyone knows now that everyone's watching and everything's under investigation and all the signs have already changed. And you put that football fi- uh, football down on the field. You make sure that Jim Harbaugh's on the sideline and we get our answer. 
of who the better team is. So Tony Petiti, don't be a loser. That's what I would say to you. Don't be a kiss-ass to the other schools. Put the damn ball on the field, and let's see who wins. And I'll tell you this, Michigan's better in the trenches on both sides against Penn State and also up against Ohio State. And little Ryan Day, who I used to like because he's a temple man, he had two different stops at my fine alma mater, my fine university. We all know he's tossing and turning in the middle of the night. Ooh, it's the Michigan boogeyman. Ooh, Jim Harbaugh. Because Ryan Day has to drive him crazy. That this guy only has six losses in his career, and there's Ohio State fans that want him fired because he has done something that Urban Meyer never did. And that was lose to Michigan. Not only lose to Michigan, lose to Michigan twice. Now, one more quick thing here. This was this other report that came out. We know Michigan is currently in possession of documents that could link one of the alleged investigators to Day's younger brother, Timothy Day. That was reported by, uh, reported by Chris Ballas. The other, they say, uh, suspect is linked to Day's brother, Christopher, and was also a classmate of Tim Day's in New Hampshire. One currently runs a private investigation firm in Manchester, New Hampshire, Day's hometown. So, like, I don't care how the NCAA is leaking information or how they're getting information. If it comes from Ryan Day's brother, Samter, though, or people close to Day's family, it's just further of, oh, he's ratting everybody out, and no one really wants to be a rat. Now you have information that puts someone away or does something like that. I get it. It's better to speak up at times. But let's be real. In this grand scheme of thing, this is not life or death. I know the NCAA has denied it. I know that Ryan Day will play you this right now. He was asked about it. Here's what he had to say um, over the weekend. Your reaction to the, the reports around that maybe Ohio State and you in particular or maybe someone close to you turned Michigan in? Yeah, and, no, no, no comments right yeah. now. No comments right now. It's a very simple yes or no. Did you know? Did you have a link? And let's just say, even though there's sometimes you have to say no comment, if I know down deep I had no involvement, I would simply say, I can't really comment on this. All I'm going to say is I had no involvement of this. The, the report's erroneous. But Ryan Day couldn't even say that, Sam. And he also said no comment right now, which means that he knows that the firestorm is coming. The bleep storm is coming the his way. The truth will set us free. It will come out. He has no comment right now, but he will have comment once all the paper trail leads right back to his doorstep. I am, yeah, no, no, no comments right yeah. I am so happy that... I found a way to secure two tickets for Ohio State, Michigan. I am going to enjoy that game, put the football on the field, and quite frankly, I hope Michigan crushes Ohio State by 20 points. I hope they blow them out, Ryan Day. Crying Ryan. That's what we're going to start calling him. Loser! It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll come on back with a news brief update time first. Here he is, Rich Ackerman. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. John Rothstein's going to join us coming up at 4.20 p.m. Eastern. James Bradbury from the 8-1 Philadelphia Eagles at 5.20 p.m. Eastern. Of course, this is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's go to Nate in Pennsylvania. He's next up on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Nate, good afternoon. What's happening? Hey, good afternoon, Zach. So, I'm sorry, I called that. You're a Michigan alumni, right? No, I I, I graduated from Temple University. Never attended oh, okay. Michigan. Okay, well, all right. Well, I'm a Penn State guy, so, like, I, I kind of, I feel like I'm a little bipartisan in this whole thing. It seems like now it's it's kind of, now it's like a Ohio State, Michigan type of, of, of story. Uh, also, I want to just let you know, I'm going to call back here in, like, March when the NFL season's over, and I'm going to give you my take on how to save the NBA regular season. But, um... So right at this point right now, I, I really didn't. I didn't have like a, a dog in the fight. Now they're you, you're, they're forcing me to root for Ohio State here, which I hate to do against Michigan because you know why? Because you can't beat them. You know that. Oh, 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 I I hate them because you can't beat them. Yeah, but I'm forced <laughs> to root for them now because the Michigan they're losers. You know why they are? They're losers because when the story first broke, the first thing they wanted to tell you was everybody did it. Everybody's doing it. Everybody. So what's the big deal? Everybody's doing it. Well, not everybody's doing it because, and, and not everybody's doing it to the extent you guys are. And, and not, I don't think all the, the facts have come out yet. Who knows how, how far down the rabbit hole this really goes. Okay. So, the, so that's even more why they should do nothing right now. The big 10, how they should let this season play out and then do something after the season. I'm not saying Michigan did nothing wrong. I think Michigan deserves to be punished, but to do something now in season would be a flat out disgrace. Well, I mean, it, it, it depends. See, I, I don't know if the NCAA or or the Big Ten commissioner has has leveled all like everything. All the facts have been out there, and and also the, you can be, keep in mind. I don't know if he's on probation now, but he was already suspended three games this year. And I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, for it, like a recruiting probably, violation over a cheeseburger. That everybody does. That I'm not. But it's still it, it's you have a bad track record. The second thing I hate when they say is that. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't affect the game that much. It, it's not like a game is that big of a competitive event. Then why are you doing it? If it doesn't help you, then why are you doing it? That's just a lie. And now today, to to want to wag their finger in the face of Ryan O'Day, if he is in fact the one that 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 gave the NCAA this information, what are you talking about? He's a rival. Who who do you think's going to do it? Your best friend. The, Wait, the, but the, Nate, the, let me ask you this: If this report yeah. is true, that just came out. That yeah. to get back at Michigan or whatever it was that Rutgers and Ohio State were colluding to give Purdue the signs before the Big Ten championship game, shouldn't then they be punished as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, if you don't like the rule, then change the rule. But if you are, I don't, listen, even if Ohio State is actively out there stealing stealing signs. Well, it all, it's illegally. all about how they obtained them. You're allowed to steal signs, as you know. It's just, okay. did you use a recording device? You re, a recording device and show up to their games. There's like a fine line there. But obviously there's something to gain from it, and that's why they're doing it. And even if Ohio State was actively doing something against the rules and at the same time was feeding the NCAA or the Big Ten commissioner uh, evidence that Michigan was breaking the same rule, that, that, that's showbiz, baby. What else do you expect them to do? They're working at every angle they can. They're recording games. They're feeding information. They're talking to recruits. They're stealing recruits. 
they're, they're doing everything they can to give themselves a competitive advantage. If Jim Harbaugh isn't on the sideline, you don't think that helps Ohio State? And so to sit back after you guys are the ones on the hot seat, not you, but, you know, Michigan as, as a whole, and, 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 and try to, 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 to fight your way out of this corner about, oh, it's not a big deal or, or shame on you guys for giving it. That's loser talk. You guys broke the rule. You got caught. It's not that you broke the rule, because I do admit most teams are, if you're not treat, cheating, you're not trying. But to then to, to, to kind of make it seem like it's not a big take your medicine, move on, and, and stop acting like a big Well, Nate, let me just ask you this, because I'm very curious, because I heard you call people losers, and I say this with uh, prefacing that I love your athletic director impact craft at Penn State, but James Franklin has unfortunately turned Penn State into participation state university because they have a lot of empty wins and they can't win the big games. He's three and 16 up against top 10 opponents in his 10 year, uh, his 10 years at happy Valley. Just wondering what's your prediction this weekend in happy Valley. One of the great environments ever. It's a noon game. It should be a whiteout game at night, but Fox took that over and ruined that. What do you think the final score is going to be between Michigan and Penn State? I, I will give you this. Michigan is the better team on paper, but at the game against uh, Indiana two weeks ago, Drew Allers threw his first pick, and then he came back and threw one of the best passes he made all year to win the game when the pressure was on him, where they couldn't lose that game, or else there might be some actual talk about head coaching change. And he won in the game. Last, game, last week he went out against Maryland and, and put on for his skill set for being a, you know, his first year starting, he put on some, somewhat of a clinic. And I always compare it back to McSwirley. He had a game – I can't tell you who it was during the regular season when they had already lost to Pittsburgh, got blown out by Michigan, and they came back and won the Big Ten. And he had a game similar to, to who, what Aller had against Indiana where they were against the ropes, and he came out swinging. Nate, the, this is Frank- a lot of dancing. Give me the answer here. Who wins the game? Uh, who wins the game? Penn State wins the game. Of who course, because you're a cult member. That's what you are, Nate. You're a cult member. Oh, it's every, I have so many friends that, that attended Penn State. They sound just like Nate. And they're talking about positives from Indiana. Rod Carey's one of the worst football coaches ever. You almost lost to him. He's the offensive coordinator for Indiana. Oh, give me a break. And, and that's why they're participation State University. They have to hype up their performance up against Maryland. <laughs> you're, you're Penn State. You should crush Maryland. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's the same thing with every Penn State fan. They talk in circles. Oh, throw the book at Michigan. Oh, Michigan this, Michigan that. And they talk themselves up. Ryan Hickey, who I used to work with, he used to say, oh, they're going to the playoff this year. And up against Ohio State, what do they do this year? Jack. Their defense played great, but their offense was horrible. So now up against a better team in Michigan, I get it, you're home. Maybe you could put up a good effort for the first half and then participation State University coach James Franklin afterward is going to say, oh, wow, we competed with uh, another top five team in the country, but you lost. You don't actually think, Nate, that Penn State's winning the game. You don't because you, you, you basically threw up on yourself and stuttered and stammered for the first two minutes and answering the question on who's going to win the game telling me about a performance up against Indiana where they were lucky to win and where they blew out Maryland. It's very simple. Michigan's the better team. Now, the better team doesn't always win, but how, if you're a Penn State fan, unless you are a Colt member, can you go back to the well of believing in James Franklin? The guy is an overrated coach. He's the definition of good, not great. And they have all these empty wins at Penn State. 
three and 16. I'll say it again to get it through Penn State fan stick skulls. Three and 16 against the top 10 during his tenure in Happy Valley. And you're lucky this game ain't on the road because he's never won a road game against a top 10 team during his tenure as the Penn State head coach. Oh, come on. Every Penn State fan has the same playbook. And it's a shame because that's a proud fan base. That's a program that should be a great program. But they're just a good program. And the, this, is, this is Penn State's national championship game. Because even though they only have one loss, and I guess they could still make the Big Ten championship game, they're going to hype this up as the biggest thing ever. But down deep, all you sycophants in Happy Valley know, Jim Harbaugh's coming. Blake Corham's coming. J.J. McCarthy's coming. Donovan Edwards is coming. Colston Loveland. And they're going to haunt you in your dreams forever. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.